Kevin Bigley, one of those guests who <clears throat> has joined me multiple times and is just a blast every time. Uh, day 25 of National, National Podcast Post Month, Napod Pomo, hashtag Napod Pomo. Uh, I'm Ben Beck, the host of The Spotlight, and I'm taking you back to the first time Kevin ever joined. At the time, he was promoting a show called Sirens on USA, which I really enjoyed. Really, really enjoyed, and unfortunately got canceled after two seasons. But uh, Kevin has been found great success, even past Sirens, uh, currently now on Upload, in which he returned to the podcast yet again for... Uh, for the, the third time uh, this past season six. So if you want to hear that, uh, and there's actually a video of that one as well. So you can visit the Facebook page or YouTube to to see the video of my conversation with Kevin that last time. Uh, but this is, again, taking you back to the first time he joined. Here it is, the rewind of the first time Kevin Bigley joined the spotlight. Day 25. Enjoy. All right, everybody, you are listening to Next Level Radio. I am Ben Beck. And I'm Adam Gorey, and we're here with another guest spotlight tonight. Sorry about that. The USA Network now, for a while, has been putting out some great television lately. Uh, not only have they added some great syndicated shows, uh, but the USA original series like Burn Notice, Psych, White Collar, and Suits have been doing very well. And now it seems like they got another great show on their hands with the new comedy Sirens. So tonight's guest plays rookie EMT Brian on the, new, on the show. Uh, his past projects include The Dilemma, Bones, CSI Miami, and Chicago Code. Please welcome to the program, Kevin Bigley. Hey there. Thanks for having me. How's it going, Kevin? It's going really well, man. It's going really well. That's awesome. So for those who haven't seen Sirens, tell us a little bit about the show and your character, Brian. Um, so for the show, um, for those who haven't seen it, Sirens is about basically three EMTs, uh, Johnny Hank and Brian, and um, kind of how how uh, they try to uh, navigate their personal lives while trying to keep them separate from their work lives um, and how that just doesn't really work out so well. Um, Brian, in the mix of it, is uh, my character is very um, very naive, uh, kind of a wide-eyed rookie in the beginning of, the, uh, of season one, and as it goes on, he begins to kind of find his way and become a little bit more comfortable within the group. Awesome. Um, now, did you, for the show, did you have to go through any type of like emergency training or take any you know medical classes for the role, or is it basically going off uh, script? When it comes uh, to like the medical stuff, we um, we are very aware that we are just actors, so we tried <laughs> to uh, do our best to not look like idiots. But we had uh, we had some people. Um, I think a revolving door of around ten. Uh, EMS workers that helped us kind of not look stupid, um, but you know, like Mary, like like Dennis's uh, wife is um, a volunteer EMT, um, so a lot of the stories were you know from her and her and people she's worked with and things like that and and the real actual events. So um, for the for the most part, they were grounded in reality and then uh, or like heightened situations, and then for all the stuff uh, that we were doing on set. We had people that would help us out, make sure we weren't doing it. We, we would go off to them and be like, does this, uh, do I look like a jackass if I'm doing this or <laughs> what? And they'd be like, no, I just kind of do this and that. 
now, now, you had mentioned Dennis Leary, who is one of the executive producers of the show. and He was also one of the executive producers as well as the creators of uh, the television show Rescue Me, which, as being a former firefighter, I was uh, absolutely a fan of. And it, it seems more and more recently that the, the comedies about different possession, uh, professions – like Rescue Me was to firefighting and Scrubs uh, was to doctors, seemed to be more on the nose as to what the profession is uh, is really like, more so than the dramas that are out there. Uh, would you say that would be the same thing as far as the case when it comes to sirens? You know, it's hard to say whether or not it's more uh, or less like it because I haven't uh, I've done this kind of work, uh, or yeah, this is not my profession, but um, I do really like that um, on Twitter, but we've had a really strong following of U.S. workers, you know, um, that are saying, oh, it happens on my rig and this and that. So that's been really cool. Um, we've even had some people take pictures of, like, their own crews and stuff that, like, kind of resemble ours and send it to us, which I think is really cool. And, you know, like, uh, the, the, the online interaction has been really awesome between EMS workers and people telling their stories and stuff. And, you know, our, like, Sirens PR has been very active at, like, reaching out to them and stuff. And them telling them, you know, stories and things like that, I think has been really cool. Um, as far as, like, if it's, like, the Scrubs, I would, that would be cool. Scrubs got nine seasons. That would be sweet. Right. I'll take that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that I think that with the, with the EMS profession in, in the show, it's very much a catalyst for, for uh, our characters. Um, you know, it's, uh, what I like about it, it's the same the way we approach, um, you know, uh, Hank's sexuality. It's just part of who they are. Right. You know, this job is a job, and that's how they, they treat it. You know, that's what they do. You know, um, it's, I mean, I, I had this one tweet from this one woman that I, I ended up following because she's an EMS worker. And she would um, tweet about the show, which I thought was cool. But then one day she said that she she tweeted something like there was like a, an accident with a little boy um, on the highway and his teddy bear was still like in the car. And like he like she like went in to, after this teddy bear and like rescued it. And she was, I was like, oh my God. So like when I saw this, I was like, that's I was like, you're a hero. And she was yeah. like, no, it's just the job. And I was like, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> like that attitude, you know, yeah. that's kind of, I mean, that's definitely sort of a different mindset. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my wife's a nurse and she's a huge fan of the show. So, I mean, that, that can't be too bad because I know she, uh, she will constantly, if we're watching like a movie or something and the CPR is no good, she will never let me hear the end of it. I mean, and I, for off the top of my head, Mission Impossible Three. I don't know if you ever seen the movie, but towards the end, he, he he has to do, or one of them has to do CPR. I think his his wife or girlfriend or whoever, and she totally botched it. <laughs> and my wife will never watch that movie again. <laughs> because of that, I know that trauma caught a lot of heat um, from the um, the U.S. crowd and and first responders in general, and like just because you know sometimes. I, Sometimes, like, when you're under that much pressure, you kind of want to just take liberties and just, like, let's just, you know, we've been out here, eight, you know, 15, 18 hours, let's just get shot. But Larry um, and, and Bob are, like, at, and, and as is USA, the network, I mean, they're, they're all adamant about getting it right. And well, um, Because if you don't, you know, all it takes is just a couple stupid moves. And it can happen in a comedy. You're know, like, well, yeah, sure, they would do this, but let's just do this because it's funny. Um, right. if, you, if you go around it with that mentality, you're not going to be on the air for long. I don't think you'll start offending people. Yeah, exactly. And and your character, Brian, is 
in my opinion, one of the more distinct characters on the show when it comes to kind of the type of comedy he brings to it. Um, can you kind of compare and contrast what it's like acting in a role uh, like this one, where it's a little more of like a, a goofy humor, opposed to one like uh, a character like Johnny or Hank? You know, I never really get to um, to do uh, stuff like this with like Brian. Like before, like you had mentioned my credits and stuff. Like it was um, when you come out when you come out to LA and you first start acting. Your first breaks are usually guest star roles as like Killer Number One or whatever. You know, like you're usually in a in like an interrogation room or a guy in a bank. Yeah, exactly. Customer <laughs> bank goes well. Um, I was I, recently. I was like. Some, you know, you're like addicted to heroin and you're telling David Boreanaz that, you know, you didn't do it and you, they got the wrong guy. And you spend like, it's just a different, just a different character. It's like the same character with a different name, basically, in every, uh, you know, procedural. But um, I think with Brian, like, I got an awesome opportunity to play something completely different. You know, this guy who's very physical. Um, I didn't think that they were going to go with me when uh, they were casting it at all because uh, the physical description was, I think it was like short, stocky, blonde crew cut. (laughs) Nope, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Like, it's not going to be me. But, um, you know, like I got the charisma or whatever I brought to it, which was this goofy sense of humor and quirk with Brian, they ended up Larry and, and Bob both digging it, and um, I, I get a lot of uh, liberties. I get to do a lot of stuff, you know. I get to a lot, I, like whatever. I think Larry said this one thing that was really cool because I've always admired him and uh, from afar. And then one day we were trying to figure out this joke, like what? How the, oh, it was the midget hand. I don't know if you saw that episode. It was it was me giving the midget hand speech about how they're little and they'll grab you and it feels like a whisper. And we're trying to figure out how to say it. And um, Larry's giving me notes, and we're doing a bunch of takes of it. And finally, I was like, "You know, I think I can. I think I. I think I got what I want to do." And he go, and he looked at me, and he was like, "Well, I just, I know that if I'm thrown over to third base, you're going to be covering." Like he, he was like total. You know, he was like totally confident in me, and, and so was Bob. And that's like a great feeling. You can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, that, I mean, you must be something. Do you get to do a lot of improv uh, type of stuff on the show? You know, when you start to see a lot of the improv is when we get, um, I think, is when the show gets more confident, um, which is right after alcohol-related injury. Um, (laughs) Right after that episode, when it starts to get to the finger, which is personally one of my favorites, um, they start using this technique. um, We started improving more because we were more comfortable uh, through the season, and um, they started using our improv, just letting the camera roll, and they would buffer the scenes um, with like outs or like introductions into scenes. Um, so they, they started using our improv in a really interesting way to kind of help keep, to like give a boost of energy at the end of the scene um, bleeding into the next one. So I thought that was really cool that that's kind of when the show kind of starts to find its legs and uh, you start to see a little bit more of our characters. Yeah, I mean improv is always... Um in my opinion, funnier when you can do improv and pull it off and, you know, rather than script, because humor is not an easily scripted thing, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it's kind of, no, it definitely does. You gotta, you have to, but the problem with improv is that sometimes if you just lean on that and you throw out the writing, it, it's, it can get uh, rambling and everybody's right. just kind of talking over things. I think what, the, what makes it unique and what makes improv work in like a sitcom is the, the, um, the writers are God. You know, like you have to really um, respect where this is coming from. You know, it's coming yeah. from, these are written words coming from Leary, coming from Bob, and we have an amazing writing staff, and I'm not just saying that to be nice to my writing staff so they don't kill me off, but they, <laughs> they're, uh, they are an amazing writing staff with lots of, you know, there's Eric Durbin and, and Spencer Sloan and, and you know, Julianne Smolensky. I mean, these guys, these guys are pros and right. um, have some really good lines, but after a while, you can kind of come in and, and the writer will be all set and you can, you, if you memorize your line and you, it's like math, you know, you're figuring out an equation, kind of how does, the, how does the joke work? And then you come in with your interpretation of the equation and, and how the joke works, but then you also have like five improv lines of ideas and you can work that out with the writer on set and you'll end up better for it. The show does too. It kind of shows through. Yeah, definitely. Um, now on the show, uh, everybody kind of has a different nickname. Um, were they kind of given as you're in production or were they already written out and was yours Kevin because that's your actual name or how did that work out? Man, I, that was so weird because <laughs> <laughs> the nickname thing, like we got a script like for the first few episodes and that was the first one I read and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like the whole Kevin thing that's, so, that's really... That's a, that's a pretty inside joke, you know, like not a lot of people know. Most people will, you know, assume that my name's Brian and, you know, and then here they're using my actual name. And I went up to Larry like, like months later, because we got our script in like July, and right. we're filming in September, and I went up to him on set the day we are filming that. I was like, pretty good joke, but pretty funny, Dennis, you know, like that's, that's good. He goes, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, because my name's Karen. And he goes, oh. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't, <laughs> no, that's not why I did the joke. I did the joke because people used to call me Kevin. I mean, you completely, like, Dennis completely forgets your name when you're on set. He just calls you, hey, hey, Johnny, Brian, come over here. Like, it's just, you, you completely forget. You have no idea. That, that was my nickname for that reason. So is Dennis on set a lot during production? Yes. Yes, he is. And a lot of times, especially in the later episodes, um, he would, um, he'd be in the back of the rig. So, like, when we're, like, talking and stuff and all the rig scenes, mm-hmm. he's, like, laying down at my feet, like, right behind <laughs> me. And, with, and, like, I'm surprised he, with HD that they didn't catch, like, some of the smoke from the cigarette. So he be <laughs> smoking back there in the middle of one of your scenes, and then you just, like, <laughs> you know, like, just kind of throw you a line and stuff, you know, like, but it was cool. I think, like, there was one time, because we would, they hook you up to what's called a process trailer, and you have, like, three cameras aimed on you so they can get the improv. You, I mean, it's a lot of coverage. But you're, you're not driving. Like, Mosley's not driving most of the time. He's being pulled. Right. We're being pulled to a trailer. And um, Dennis is in there laying down. So you go and you, you get all your coverage for the scene that you're shooting in the rig, and then you have a long drive back to, um, to set, to the depot to unhook. And, like, Dennis, for those, would, like, sit up and, like, smoke, and then we'd, like, listen to the radio, and he loves music. So, like, I think, hopefully with, like, DVD extras or something, I think they caught, like, him singing, 
like a Godier song or something. Cause we were all singing a Godier song. We would just like kind of listen to like kind of like classic rock or like top forty or something. And he just he knew all the words to like every damn song out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, so well tonight is the finale, uh, which airs on USA Network. Are are you doing anything special for the finale tonight, or just relaxing and, and checking it out? You know, we always go to Mosley's um, for the most part. I think a couple. Do we? I've had a couple things like they come over to my house and stuff, but we um, we go over to Mosley's pretty much all the time. He cooks and um, and uh, I think he's making pulled pork sandwiches tonight, so I'm not going to miss that. He's That's a damn good cook, so I'm going to go get that and. Uh, we, we tweet for the live finale, um, of course, and uh, for both coasts. So we'll be all over there talking and watching the thing, and we've seen it a couple times. It's a really good episode. I'm really stoked about it. It's really, really funny. They kind of, I love when they use chaos in our episodes. Um, you know, in, in this one, uh, Teresa and and uh, Johnny are, are possibly going to get married, and yeah. <laughs> everybody just kind of freaks out. Yeah, it just starts... Commanding their own things from the wedding, so they just all we all talk over each other the whole episode. It's really, really. And Josh Segarra, who plays uh, like the stupid officer Billy, um, yeah. gets he. There's a lot of him in this, and he was he was like people asked if we like busted up on set and stuff. It was all because of Segarra. So he's back a lot, and he's heavily featured in this episode, and he absolutely oh, that's good. kills it. He's really, yeah, he's really a funny. good character. He's so good. He's so good. He like he you talking about improv. That dude comes up with so many lines that um, I mean he'll just sit there and just bang, 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 like lying around that kind of stuff. It's like, geez, how did you think of this some of this stuff? He 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 has no fear. Absolutely no fear. Uh, any word on a season two yet? Um, no, I can't I mean, you know, like We've had, we've had good numbers and all that stuff. I don't even, I can't even pretend to know what the hell that stuff means. I can get my own interpretation, you know. You never know with TV. You never know how it's going to go. But, um, you know, I mean, we focused on making a good product, and I think we have. And, you know, it'll be up to, it'll be up to uh, network and studio and all that stuff. But there's a million things, ad space and ratings yeah. and, yeah. That, you know, demo, all these things that are just kind of juggling balls that I could <laughs> pretend to give, give a definition to, but no. Well, we're, um, I think they're upfront, which is like the presentation to like the advertisers on the 15th, so they'll give a, um, a May, they'll give a, an announcement somewhere around there. There you go. Fingers well, crossed. Yeah, well, USA has a good track record with their shows, so I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, that's the beauty of it all. I mean, they've been really nice about, one thing that, I think I've said this before, but it's like we don't, we're not shooting while we're airing. I mean, we shot Chicago back in in the fall, September and October, and part of November, I think. Um, and now we're airing, you know, in the spring. Well, at least spring for Los Angeles. For Chicago. <laughs> but spring, you know, March and April. Um, and that's, that's just such a luxury, you know, that no the network is like, they give you time. They weren't always on set, kind of, you know, changing lines and demanding different things. They kind of let Leary and Bob kind of create the show that they wanted to. And then when it came time for the release, there was this big, big push behind you um, to you know, as they premiered the show. And then it's pretty continuing. You know, they're, they're really, they're in your corner, in your corner, in your corner. So 
um, it's a it's a good feeling. And then for the most part, I mean, they they generally give their shows um, a lot of time on the air to kind of find their audience because I think there's a lot of people, you know, like like I don't mean to ramble, but like like Brooklyn Nine Nine has like three million people, five million people, I think watch that. Yeah. I think that we could attract you know a similar maybe not five million, but we can definitely attract a a similar audience to people who would watch Brooklyn Nine Nine would definitely watch Sirens, I think. And right. uh, so were you in an episode they of know that, you know. What's that? Were you in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine? I well, I was, yeah. I got okay. a um guy who directed our pilot was directing an episode of of Brooklyn and I got a call and he was like, I want you to do an episode with me. And I was like, Geez, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Free work for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. No problem. That was awesome. They're cool people as well, and they have a similar vibe to our to our set. So, um, you know, hopefully we kind of get a chance to like keep going and for a long time and kind of keep gathering and finding our audience. It it takes a little bit uh, of time for a cable comedy to do that, but USA is kind of the place to do that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know we're running towards the end of our time, but usually towards the end of our interviews, before we wrap anything up, what we like to do is a couple rapid-fire questions. Adam's just going to throw a couple questions at you. They're they're really simple. They're just really quick questions that you know that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. You don't have to go into depth about them. Just answer with you know whatever first thing that pops to your head. Awesome, sounds good. All right, and the first one is actually a question, uh, kind of from last week's episode. What's your favorite kind of donut? Uh, old-fashioned glazed. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, second one, uh, if they made a movie about your life, uh, what actor, other than yourself, obviously, uh, would play you? Mike Mosley would play me. And, <laughs> I, don't, and I wouldn't want anybody famous, but I, would, I, would, uh, I wouldn't sell the script unless Mike Mosley was attached. I'd make him. I'd force <laughs> Mosley to play me. Just because I'd want to see it. That's awesome. Uh, who is your favorite president? A little history. My favorite president is uh, Ulysses S. Grant um, because he was horrible. He wasn't a, his memoirs are really good, um, and uh, I've read his memoirs, and they're wow. really, really good. Um, but not a very good president, no. <laughs> uh, so, last one: what what subject in school did you struggle with the most? Um, I cheated my way mostly through high school. Just. Uh, I focus mostly, and that's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. Um, I spent, I would spend more time trying to figure out interesting ways to cheat than I was actually just studying. But I've always been a big, if you can tell, since I read Grant's memoirs, I'm a, definitely a history nerd. Um, so, yeah, history, I guess, even though I cheated my way through that completely. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I know we're we're just about out of time, but Kev, we want to thank you for uh, you know for spending a couple minutes with us tonight. Um, well, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no Anything problem. Help the show. We want to encourage everybody to follow you, especially since you said you're going to be live tweeting both East Coast and West Coast during the finale tonight. So we want to encourage people to follow you at Kevin Bigley on Twitter. Uh, and of course, we want to encourage everybody to tune in to the USA Network ten nine Central tonight and check out the season finale of, C- of Sirens. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, uh